agents of darkness always operate in darkness because they fear the light. They can't stand the light because they can't function with the light being on them and the truth getting out. This is the rundown you wait for it every week. The Fab Four are assembled, and we have a special guest, Michael Hitchborn, with the Lepanto Institute. We're going to be breaking down the top stories from a Catholic point of view that are affecting your life, both in the United States and around the world. But the first thing we have to get to is the new and improved United States military. This is your military. Um, I think the world is shaking in their boots. Это первый день твоей новой жизни. То, что было вчера. This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot missile defense systems. Не имеет значения. То, кем ты был прежде, уже никого не волнует. Теперь важно то, кем ты будешь. It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. Сегодня. Что ты знаешь о себе? На что ты способен? Вопросы могут остаться без ответов, но разве ты сможешь потом спокойно спать? Узнать себя, познать границы своих возможностей. К черту границы. Ты готов ломать себя до изнеможения. Каждый день здесь боль закаляет. Шрамы, повседневность. Это ты решил себе что-то доказать. Командир здесь только для того, Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin, I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctors said she might never walk again. But she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. 
With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women. Твоя задача выследить врага, догнать его, превзойти, стать лучше, чем он, и вернуться назад победителем. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord. And I answered my calling. We can find a place to feel good. And we can treat people with kindness. Find a place to feel good. I got a good feeling. I'm just taking it all in.
That is the state of your U.S. military. Uh, welcome to the rundown. Special guest Michael Hitchborn. Thanks for joining us, brother. So basically, our entire country is being defended by a high school marching band and high school musical. <laughs> I, I don't know what that was, but the Air, leave it to the Air Force to take the uh, the culture wars to the new heights. I mean, this is literally pedal grooming. I don't know how, who's supposed to be afraid of that? These are the, the, the defenders of the free world are a high school marching band? Yeah, the, the purpose of the military is to kill people and break things, and they're sashing their hips and doing jazz hands. I, I don't really see how the two go together. <laughs> you know, President Biden made a threat. He made a threat. You're going to need some F-15s in order to take over our government. Oh, he did say that. Actually, I have, it's not gonna be too I have hard. that video. It's not going to be too hard to take those F-15s. Well, here, here, here is Biden saying that. In our conversation today, we talked about our strategy to supercharge what works while we continue to push the Congress to act on sensible gun violence legislation. First, we discussed cracking down, as you heard from the Attorney General, on rogue gun dealers. We know that if there is a strict enforcement of background checks, then fewer guns get into the hands of criminals. Background checks have thus far kept more than three million guns out of the hands of felons, convicted felons, fugitive, domestic abusers, and others prohibited from being able to purchase a gun. And there's still too many loopholes in that system. And today, enough rogue gun dealers feel like they, they can get away with selling guns to people who aren't legally allowed to own them. And I might add, the Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there have never been. If you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit, the type of weapon that can be owned. And who can own it? They're really showing themselves to do really well. Come on, man. Are you sure? So there it is, folks. The commander in chief telling you that if you uh, if you want to cling bitterly to your guns and your Bible, uh, it's not going to be good enough because if you don't have F-15s or nukes, Biden's going to nuke you if you don't like him. Kind of kind of kills the idea of the January sixth thing, huh? <laughs> I thought you needed F-15s and news to overturn the government that uh, and throw away that January 6th idea. Yeah, the narrative. Yeah, the, the Epiphany uprising. Uh, the Epiphany uprising was a few people climbing through a window, and that had congressmen hiding uh, under their desks, and they were scared out of their minds uh, because unarmed people climbed in through a window. But now you're saying you need nukes to take me on? Taking selfies with cops. Well, so Biden's telling us that we need nukes and F-15s in order to defend ourselves against uh, the, the U.S. government, except we just saw that basically the U.S. government is going to attack us with marching bands and twinkle toes. <laughs> well, well, if they're not using the F-15s and the nukes, then who's going to take them? Well, Right. Um, oh, my soul hurts. I'm sorry. I, I'm having a hard time digesting this. I mean, AOC went to the extent of saying that they need – 
every member of Congress needs to be declared like a, a veteran now because they experienced January 6th. Wow. <laughs> they should all get combat action ribbons and purple hearts, I think. Well, then isn't that exactly what they do in a tin pot dictatorship when they show up with their big military uh, uniforms and all the ribbons that they gave themselves? That, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the General Santa, Santa Anas. Um, yeah. As, as you probably are wondering where Ryan is, I'm wondering the same thing, but the show must go on. <laughs> he will dial in at some point, and we love Ryan. But we are joined today by hey, Michael Hitchborn, and your latest attack, uh, Hitchborn, fill us in on this, this dissident group of priests um, who are trying to change Catholic dogma from within, and they've got the backing of several bishops. So while the U.S. military is sashaying its hips across the uh, the military landscape, we have Catholic priests who are doing something very similar. The AUSCP, it stands for the Association of United States Catholic Priests, and these dissident heretics uh, are essentially trying to change church, te- uh, church teaching from within to make the church uh, now have, uh, op- you know, be open to women's ordination, uh, homosexual relationships, uh, they even signed on to legislation <clears throat> or to support legislation that would force Catholic adoption agencies to adopt out to homosexual and transgender parents. Uh, this organization is um, it's it's quite awful. So what happened was they had their annual assembly out in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I went out there and they know who I am because I've been out there for their other events. And as soon as they saw me in the hallway, uh, I had somebody down just kind of listening in and paying attention that they wouldn't recognize, but they saw me and they started tittering and going, Michael Hitchborn's here. I saw him. I saw him. He's wearing a suit. I think it's a blue suit and he's got a tie on and he's over there. And they, they just started freaking out. Now, why were they freaking out? Because we were saying a rosary of reparation for their heresy. <laughs> um, demons freak out because of that. Not the people that are on the side of the angels. So, uh, we had a we prayed a full 15 decade rosary in reparation for the heresy and the sacrilege and the blasphemies that they're engaging in, and we processed directly into our conference room that we got right next to their conference room, which also freaked them out. And um, I gave a big presentation about uh, what the AUSCP is, how uh, how they're. Their uh, agenda is, is, is working to undermine church teaching. Mm. And the scariest thing about them is that they have a lot of Episcopal support. They, they get support from Cardinal Supich, from Cardinal Gregory, from Archbishop John Wester, who is the official USCCB liaison to the AUSCP. Um, they have support from Bishop McElroy, from uh, Bishop John Stowe is actually a member. Bishop Pates was there uh, at the AUSCP meeting this time around. So it's they're they're getting episcopal support, which makes them very dangerous. Are they growing in their size and their and their power, or uh, and their funding, or um, are they just kind of like the steady stream, last gasp of the liberals who are you know before they die out? Well, so they do have a, a very aged membership, but they they boast a membership of about fifteen hundred priests. Now, if you do the math. That's 1,500 priests that are sprinkled throughout the country. That's 1,500 parishes uh, affecting, you know, a, a parish size, let's say an average parish size of, I don't know, maybe 100,000 people itself. Um, that's a lot of people being affected by AUSCP priests. So even though they are aged and we can look at the biological option to see them weeded out, 
at the end of the day, in the meantime, they are affecting an, a large number of souls, and they do have the ear of bishops who also happen to have the ear of the Pope, which is a very big problem. Um, yeah, wow. So uh, Mike Hitchborn with us, Fighting the Good Fight, the Lepanto Institute. People can find you at... Um, they can find the Lepanto Institute. I actually first found you on Facebook on on your Facebook page, but you've got you've got all, you're all over media as well. Yeah, the, our website is lepantoin.org. Well, we got let's uh, let's get to the other news. Um, speaking of Joe Biden, Joe Biden is now on record as saying that there will be more more pandemics. Is is this a prediction or is this a foretelling? And so it's, it's was greeted with some enthusiasm and uh, we've agreed to work together so that the world is better prepared to detect and deal with future pandemics because there will be future pandemics. We have a, uh, I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't, you'll get it. Hey, Steve. Hey, okay. I'm on. A, I, I thought I was going to get lead in. I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> uh, we're live. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, so no, it's nothing uh, nothing really newsworthy. Uh, Boris Johnson said the same thing. There's video of him saying there's going to be future pandemics, especially they're talking about the Delta Scariant that they're trying to push on the Delta right Scariant. I love it. <laughs> well, I can't take credit for that. It's Ivor Cummings. Who uh, at, Fat, at Fat Emperor on Twitter? Uh, everyone should be following here. He's great. Uh, the last year, especially on the data stats, great videos on how everything's correlating. He's a statistician, the jour basically. Um, <clears throat> anyways, he came up with the scary idea. But yeah, I mean, Boris says this is after the G7. They were talking. Well, that would that clip from him was at the G7. Well, they were talking specifically about new pandemics coming in. They got to get the injections because you know joey's not getting the 70 percent by mm -hmm. next week fourth of july uh that he has here it's really at 45 percent i think they're not even they're not even close to it so the majority of people out there have told him to go pound sand which is awesome because they can't tell us that we're a bunch of uh anti-vaxxers really you're all a bunch of nutballs when the majority is telling them to go you know eat you know what and die that's why they're down in uh, Nashville right now with Jill Biden and uh, Brad Paisley uh, pushing the vax on kids. They're out there. Brad's out there giving claps. Hey, someone's getting injected in the arm. She's going down to Florida today, I think, for another uh, pokey assemble. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's all about getting the injection. And Boris came out saying everyone needs to get injected. Uh, Germany, uh, who else came out saying that the uh, uh, EU's come out with about 18 New passports. Everyone in the EU's got it. With more coming was the report. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, you know, the, the idea was is if you said no to it, you got to pass. You're gonna get. The, you're gonna get it. Your your choices are no and do it later. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's no not. It's not do it now or it's, you're gonna get. It. It's not now or never. It's now or later. <laughs> right. right. And right. that's there, exactly what so like a uh, Canadian Indio prime minister people going door to door knocking to see who they know who hasn't taken it and they're asking who's inside how many people uh kind of like uh, uh when you do the census uh how what their age is if there are any other this and are you willing to take the vaccine there's actually video in southern california of people doing that door-to-door -door right now yeah that that's a real thing um and the another attendee from that g7 
uh, Satanic Summit of World Leaders in the Cabal. Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, actually says this, that there will be passports by the fall, and they will have a master database of everybody who's on file. Here it is. Um, we are working on two tracks in terms of uh, proof of vaccination for Canadians who wish to travel. Uh, first of all, in the initial uh, phase, we're going to be working uh, with the ArriveCan app in ways that people can upload uh, an image of their uh, paper proof of vaccination or online proof of vaccination so that uh, the border agents on their return to Canada uh, can verify indeed uh, that they are fully vaccinated. Uh, that's something that we will have in place uh, in the coming weeks so that people can have uh, a few more options if they're fully vaccinated this summer. But uh, for the fall, in the medium term, uh, we are working with the provinces to establish uh, a national uh, certification of vaccination status uh, that will be easily accepted around the world for people who, who need to travel internationally. Uh, and that will involve uh, working together with the provinces because the provinces, of course, have uh, your health data and your vaccination status. Uh, and we want to make sure we're both protecting privacy and protecting jurisdictions, but getting a clear federal uh, notification that other countries can see that we have uh, that you've been fully vaccinated. So that's what we're working on for the medium term. Uh, but there is a solution for the coming weeks through the Arrive Can app. I haven't seen a more punchable face uh, in recent memory. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> this guy's saying Hitchborn. There's, he's saying you're not going to be able to travel without the passport. Uh, it's going to be enforced. He just came off the G7. Obviously, he's speaking for the developed West. Um, I, this this program, the rundown, and folks like you and and all of our allies and Catholic media have been called conspiracy theorists for saying that this was coming and for opposing Operation Warp Speed. Um, give us your take on it. Uh. You know, you can look at the situation objectively and, and come to the conclusion that there's absolutely an agenda to impose these vaccines on people. And the question is why? You know, what is it that they're actually trying to accomplish? Uh, it's clear that there's a problem with the vaccines. There are a lot of people that are dying from them. Uh, there are many people who are having horrible adverse reactions to these vaccines. They're not pulling them from the shelves, not many of them anyway. And they're certainly quashing any news that would have anything to do with the idea that there was a problem. So there's there's something going on that doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. It, it's funny. I was listening to um, I was listening to to a, a story the other day about how back in the in the late '80s and the early '90s uh, there was somebody who had put um, cyanide into a bunch of Tylenol uh, containers. And the, the big story was that people were dying after taking Tylenol, and they pulled millions of bottles of, of Tylenol off the shelves. Tylenol almost went under as a company, and they, they reacted very quickly. I think they had about five deaths because there was cyanide laced in the Tylenol. Well, with these vaccines, we've got, I think, close to 5,000 people now who have died after taking the second shot. And um, is it six? It's six. So closer to six. And the um, <clears throat> they're not doing anything. And they're, they're telling everybody, not only is there not a problem with the vaccine, but we're going to mandate that you take it. 
So there's there's a serious problem and a weird disconnect with regard to the safety of public health in taking this vaccine. The only thing that we can come up with is that something is going on behind the scenes and there's some other reason that they want us to take this shot. The question is, what is that reason? Uh, I don't know what that reason yeah. is necessarily. I can speculate, but I don't know what it is necessarily. Yeah, and I, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, Ryan Grant, I mean, a lot of us, we, we may not know precisely why they want us plunging needles into our arms. What we do know is that they want us to plunge needles into our arms and that the people who want us to plunge needles into our arms are not the people who have our best intentions in mind. We have a full rollout with celebrities, with um, all the great media people that you can think are that, that think themselves to be important. And they come in and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, get the, get the vaccine. We're all in this together. Everyone's got to do it. You just have to start questioning what since when you have a deadly virus that requires a a rollout uh like this when, since when have you had a virus so deadly they need to convince you to take the cure uh and we've talked about this all sort of, uh, in all sorts of ways in in different different uh, means there's something else going on one of the things i think is going on is you got to get rid of the control group they get everyone vaccinated and that way you get rid of the control group for comparing and contrasting. Hey, these people didn't get the jab, but they're also not sick. They're not dying. They don't have this, that, and the other thing. Um, the other question involved is what exactly do they think, at least what they think they're doing. So, you know, Steve, you know, can uh, you know, chime into this too. There's a ton of literature out there for what they think they can do with this jab. Just tons of it. And, you know, crazy transhumanism, crazy, uh, you know, update, change your DNA, change your body, change what it means to be a human mm -hmm. being, ultimately. And they basically plug human beings into the grid, make them part of, uh, you know, the smart technology, the so-called the Internet of Things and human GMOs and all these types of things. Whether they can accomplish all the things that in the literature they say they can do by injecting everyone with this jab is uh, is an open question i'll leave that for the scientists and the, the people who specialize in microbiology and anatomy and all these other things but what they claim they want to do is make it so that the species homo sapien you know or, or us basically uh, cease to exist yeah so that's that's one of the the reasons and i think there's a secondary consideration you have to look at which is the supreme court decision back i think it was in the 70s i don't remember the exact decision that it allowed you to patent genetically modified organisms. Now, this the way we know that the um, the mRNA that works in the Pfizer and uh, Moderna vac, uh, jabs, the way that works is it inserts a code of RNA into uh, uh, messenger RNA into your genetic code that causes it to produce that spike protein. So that apparently they claim anyway, it'll be there forever. Well, if that's true. Who owns the patent on that mRNA? Who owns that patent and do they now own us? And I think that's another really serious concern you have to look at. Is this like a stealth attempt at the reintroduction of slavery? I was just going to ask that same question, actually. Um, you were talking about how they can patent certain biological entities. If they're actually changing the DNA of the human genome through the introduction of mRNA vaccines, uh, can they then take 
the result of this quote-unquote experiment, and quite honestly, I think that's exactly what we are at this point, is a control group, a, an experiment group, and there's got to be some other uh, group that they're using too. But um, if they are patenting the results of this experiment, could they then patent the person? At which point the person can then be subject to experimentation. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of science fiction. And I've seen a lot of, you know, zombie movies and, and uh, that kind of thing. And sometimes you get, like, the, there's the movie um, The Last Man on Earth. Or, or, I'm sorry, The Omega Man with uh, Charlton Heston. And the idea is that there was some weird apocalyptic uh, virus that went around and created a whole bunch of vampires uh, or zombies. Or I don't remember exactly what the nature was. But there were these creepy, pasty-faced people. And they were constantly going after Charlton Heston in the dark. And Charlton Heston was the last man alive on Earth, and apparently he had something within his bloodstream that was a cure for this particular virus. Now, it's just a movie, and he's the last man on Earth, but he finds a pocket of other survivors, and he wants to use his blood in order to save them, and and uh, the movie kind of continues on that way. But you look at a, a scenario like that and they say, okay, this person whose blood is what will cure us of this particular illness, uh, he, he has to be preserved and they have to protect him at all costs and then they have to take, you know, be able to take his blood. And then if you get the other side of science fiction where they find somebody who has the one gene within their body that can save all of humanity from a horrible plague and that person's trying to run away because the only way they can extract the gene is to kill the person. And in 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 this line of thinking, it is very scary to consider whether the government can determine that if your gene or your body responds in a certain way to this experimental drug, uh, and it, re it it seems to be the net positive that we're looking for, can they then say, we own you, you are now going to live the rest of your life in our lab, our lab so that we can jab you and, and take your, your genetic material and use it in order to uh, conduct all of our further experiments and save humanity. Yeah. Um, I, and it, it, that sounds insane. It sounds crazy. Steve Cunningham, all, all, all we're doing with what Ryan brought up of the transhumanism, what, what Michael Hitchborn has, has continued on, all we're doing is repeating exactly what the World Economic Forum states their goals mm -hmm. are they 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 uh, they talk about transhumanism all day long so are we are we the crazy ones for merely for merely taking them at their word when they publish online what their goals are i mean that th that we live in pods that we eat the bugs that we social distance that we learn to code and that we change our dna now the crazy ones are the ones that aren't paying attention that don't want to look at it to say hey this is reality uh basically reality deniers uh, as a Michael was talking about the, the stats. Is June 11th, uh, last stat that was up by VAERS, 5,993 deaths. Uh, and that's according to a Harvard HSS study, 1% reporting. So multiply that by 10, you're roughly at 60,000 deaths. And we're just conservative numbers right there. <clears throat> uh, Dr. Malone, Robert uh, Malone, who's the uh, inventor of the MR, mRNA tech, He's out there warning that people shouldn't be taking this thing, especially the young. Uh, I think Tucker's having him on, or Tucker had him on. Uh, he's got they got their own YouTube, not YouTube. Well, they have a YouTube channel, Black Black Theory, Black Hawk, something like that. Half the stuff's been taken down. Uh, yeah, the uh, the transhumanist stuff. We did a video 
a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's probably not allowed on YouTube. I would love to put it up there, where I took some of James Corbett's stuff from uh, the end of Homo Sapiens, and I took the PDF that he brings it up. I read the whole thing. It's right there, and everything's linked. I got the PDF there, and they link everything that they talk about up. It's right there for everybody to do. As Michael said, the patent, if you take a patent thing from there, which they are injecting, which they own, and the patents are online, you become their property, basically. But the big thing is, again, worldeconomicforum.org, weforum.org. I give you the link. How, it, how This is from January 14, 2021, title How Digital Identity Can Improve Lives in a Post Rona 19 World, which comes into the digital, uh, the passports and everything. It's got a little circle type deal, kind of like if you saw the original my deep dive in the, the uh, reset, has a little, I don't know how you call that thing, big circle with all the stuff around it. Healthcare up top, financial services. Literally, if you don't have this digital identity thing, which they're pushing, you're not going to get your bank account if you don't have. The right ingestion, you don't have the right credit score, you might not get the numbers. It's right here. It's literally on their website. Yeah. It's the open conspiracy that they taught that what's his face, uh, the writer of 1984, uh, uh, George Orwell. Orwell talks about open conspiracy. It's literally right there. It's for somebody to say, you know what, I'm reading this. Nah, this, I'm, I'm not buying it. Whatever. You have to literally put your head in the sand and say, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And then it's still coming. Hey, food and sustainability, travel mobility. What you have right now, you have to have, if you want to travel, you got to get checked. They're going to ban you from crossing borders. You have that in Canada. Don't you think for one second it won't be here in the good old USS of A? No, but Even no, 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 no. But who Steve. everyone's loving has in that thing that he signed a couple of, a month or two ago, forced vaccinations is in it. But Steve, the, the, this, this can't come to the good old USS of A. Because uh, Donald J. Trump's going to come riding in on a white horse on August 15th, and our lady's going to usher him into the White House. Look, here's, here's, here's Vice President Mike Pence being heckled by the pro-Trump Q people. It is great to be back with so many patriots dedicated to faith and freedom and the road to the majority. And I want to thank my friend Ralph Reed for those overly generous words. I'm deeply humbled by them. Ralph Reed knows me well enough to know the introduction I prefer is a little bit shorter. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. And I am honored to stand before you today. Okay, so there he is. He's talking over the crowd. They're calling him a traitor. Brother Martin, he is a traitor because he's an apostate from the Catholic faith. But beyond that, I mean, how can we? I mean, how can we fall for this? (laughs) Well, exactly. I mean, he said he was a Christian first, a conservative second, a Republican third. But yet, he he is an apostate. He is a traitor. So this is kind of uh, his modus operandi, just to live on his own personal principles and never, never really stand for anything. Uh, We saw that in the last days of the of the White House, not choosing to challenge the elections, all that kind of stuff, and make sure that they're properly enforced. Um, why this guy continues to talk, I don't know. What relevance does he have? I don't know. I mean, he, he was a nobody before Donald J. Trump selected him to be vice president. Um, why, why does he think he still has a platform of following and any respect from any conservative in the country? But, but, uh, but even, even uh, as in addition to that, 
I mean, Pence was there at all the daily COVID briefings. He was there standing shoulder to shoulder with little Fauci and, and the Scarf Queen. He was, he was part of Operation Warp Speed. He was diverting $50 billion into aborted fetal cell research lines and wants to plunge that, those needles into our arms as well. I mean, so I don't understand, um, I don't understand Michael Hitchborn, why people think that uh, it really matters who you vote for um, in the end, because a lot of this was started under the 45th administration. Yeah, it's... Um after a while, you start looking at the, the way that the government has been declining over the last 40 or 50 years, and it's, um, it, it's all the usual, same usual suspects. I mean, it, Dwight D. Eisenhower warned us about the deep state uh, during his administration. He called it the military-industrial complex. Um, you, can, you can look through, and there's a great line, and I can't remember who said it, but it, it had to do with the, the way politicians come and go. And it went something like this, that, you know, politician so-and-so will come in, he'll serve his time for, for X number of years, but the bureaucrats are in for life. And it's the bureaucrats that are actually running the show. Um, we, we have a government that is basically a self-perpetuating revolution where we cut off the head every four years and replace it with a new one. So there, it's no wonder our, our, our country is schizophrenic. But I think that... Um, when it comes to how things play out with with uh, elections and why we even engage in the charade at this point, I, I don't know. I, I guess sometimes people just think that they need to feed the alligator so it'll eat them last. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy. Absolutely perfect analogy. Um, Steve or Ryan, one of you, I, I, I heard the word hopium uh, recently, and it, and it reminded me of, <laughs> of, of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> are we are, well, are we addicted to it, Ryan? Both Corbett fans, and he has. A video I think people that. people in this country are addicted to it. When you get, if like for example, anyone who still listens to Linwood, anybody who still listens to anybody who predicted Trump triumphantly riding into the White House in March, triumphantly predicted, oh yeah, we will persevere. We're just back to 2017, 2018. Oh, stop the state! You know, Trump's going to destroy the deep state and all this stuff. You know, that's what we heard. That's what they were telling us. Oh, yeah, you know, he's got all these indictments, these sealed indictments. Not a single one of them ever fell. Every time I challenge people, where are the indictments? When, are the, when is that going to happen? Uh, oh, any day now. But they, they got to understand, these these are these deep state people are very dangerous. They have to proceed very carefully. It's like, uh, they're never going to drop, are they? Oh, of course they are. And they still believe, they're, they're, some of them still believe there's indictments and Trump is really running things from some place. It's like... Uh, the latest delusion in it into, I mean, people want so bad for some kind of victory, for some kind of overwhelming victory. They're so desperate for it. And we want our guy to, to, to make things happen for us so that we don't have to do anything, so that we're not on the hook for making friends with their neighbors and networking and seeing who's producing and find out who fixes things and find out what we can trade for them to help fix things because we don't know how to or what have you. Uh, we don't want to do all that. We want you know, in this case, Trump, to do all that for us. We want government to do it all for us. And that's the hope, and that's the drug that everyone's got. Oh, we're not going to have to do that. This is the USS, the USA, you know, it's God's country. We're not going to have to mm -hmm. do that kind of, that's what people believe. That's, that's basically the, the hope, and thing. And you look at the whole step of QAnon, it's just the latest. It's actually, um, like Corbett points out in his documentary, it's a reincarnation of the 1990s 
uh, psyop that was very similar in terms of, oh, Congress has passed this legislation, get the bankers out, but they need your, you know, you need to trust the plan in order for this to happen. So like, why, why, um, why don't you just do it if you're going to do it? Um, and that's the thing is that all the machinations, it's just more a puppet show to get everyone tuned in to, you know, to, to C-SPAN, to government, to saying, hey, all we, all we got to do, guys, is trust the plan. We don't have to do anything ourselves. And that's the thing that's most alarming to me. It's like, um, no, our, our country is going through a catastrophic mm-hmm. revolution just uh, happening right before our eyes. And you're like, you just want to vote? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's where we're at. Uh, just, just speaking of the hopium, the people who are addicted to this drug... Uh, I, I now can no longer tell, and maybe you can help me distinguish this. I cannot tell if they are truly uh, addicted to hopium or if they are mocking it because it's a fine line. I'll leave it to you people. For weeks now, some eligible Americans have made countless calls, checked websites every day, and waited on long lines trying to get a vaccine, coming up empty time and time again. So, you know, we've been talking to so many reporters, asking them about the difficulties of this process and how hopeless it can feel at times. And
All right, I, I get a little too much pleasure out of tormenting the audience, but I, and and we're, this is a this is a socialist revolution that we are li- that we are living through. I mean, this is these these soy boys have now taken over, and honestly, I cannot tell if that's real or fake or absurd or mocking or <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. I showed my wife Paul Joseph Watson's video of a uh, definitely not a cult, and she was going, "This can't be real. These are real. The Instagram videos." Music videos, the guy doing the Dr. Fauci thing that we played a couple of months ago. Uh, that's real stuff. <laughs> it's a religion. You get excommunicated if you don't if you don't follow the dogma. You got the high priest. You got Fauci the other day on MSNBC saying the attacks against him are attacks against science. He is science. He's the holy father. Of no, I know. It, no, but it, it is a religion because, like, real things like this are happening around the world. And so you have to assume that some of this is real. Look at this. to be safe. I I didn't realize people were still wearing the Fauci muzzle on their face cuz I even where I am right now like in one of the most liberal states I'm passing through. Uh I I am in Cuomo country right now. I don't see any face muzzle. I just find I just find it hilarious that in this video it's suddenly it's suddenly acceptable for a bunch of men to put a muzzle on a woman's face. Right? <laughs> 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 Unbelievable, but it is a it is a world religion. Like it is, it it, it it leads you to question whether or not people who make these parody videos believe in in their heart of hearts what they're actually saying or not. You know, like it's there's there's truth to every sarcasm. I mean, these people that are crying out for Fauci to save them that that is a new religion, like Steve said. Yeah, I don't think that's a sarcastic video. I think that they were just legit and making that as good as they try to make it as good as they can. I mean, I saw NBA Cares. Uh, there was a video up to all the 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Bill Russell telling people to get the shot. Everyone and their brother is pushing this thing. And yeah, there's something funky about it when you have to spend trillions of dollars, billions and trillions of dollars to for advertising and get the – well, this goes back into the uh, sparse uh, 25 thing. The uh, <clears throat> It has about uh, getting everyone involved, getting the celebrities involved, getting the athletes involved. You had Prince William doing this. You got all these celebrities pushing and pushing. Again, like we said last time, I don't think those guys are taking the real thing. I mean, they killed Hank Aaron. So far, that's about it. Yeah. Um, we need to we need to move uh, along into the unpopular opinion segment, and just to get everyone's mind right, uh, we just need one last transition to reset the stage. <laughs> things like that so i i, I, I can believe it i don't it. know I, I think it's real i think that's real i don't know uh marshall looked a little fake but i, I it was probably a real video i think <laughs> um the unpopular opinion segment michael hitchborn joining us from the lepanto institute uh he's taken on the um the radical uh separatist priests and bishops who are trying to revolutionize and and socialize the church from within uh, a lot of them are old and lispy, and um, and they're 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 trying to uh, unleash their agenda before they die. So, uh, we give our unpopular opinions, Hitchborn, and the way it works is we go around, and you, you you can go last, so you can get a sense of how it works. But then we release a poll on Twitter, and guys, I give the rules like every other week, and people are still confused. So here it is. Let me right, let me do ahead. it, Mike. I got through to some people this week. So the unpopular opinion is not uh, when you see, oh, Brother Martin, he's got that cute little dog. we got to vote for Brother Martin. <laughs> it's not, oh, I, I love listening to uh, Steve and Steve's channel, so I'm going to vote for Steve. It's not, hey, well, what Ryan's saying makes sense, which rarely happens. But anyway, what Ryan's saying makes sense, and therefore I want to vote for that. Um, but you're voting for the opinion that gets you so angry. You want to throw, you, wanna, you just want to take a shotgun to the TV or your computer. Or, you, again, you're so angry that you want to take your throat and you want to throw it down on the ground and smash it. That's whose opinion you're voting for. That's the unpopular opinion. And so, and if, and, and then I always get this, well, what if I like them all? What if, you know, all these opinions are things I happen to agree with and none of them make me mad? Then find the one that you agree with the least. So if you're like, oh, Brother Martin, he made the most sense. But Ryan, man, I, I don't like what he said. Then you vote for Ryan. Or, or again, you know, you vote for, you know, Steve said, Steve's always got a great reset. I'm tired of that. Uh, it's all nonsense. You vote for Steve. Uh, um, or again, brother says something hard you don't like, you vote for brother, right? That's how it's supposed to work. Okay, there it is. Thank you. Those are the ground rules. We're going to do our unpopular opinions now. We're going to start with Steve because we always start with Steve, even though he hates that we start with Steve. <laughs> Steve's going to give us unpopular opinion. Go. <laughs> I'm really not a fan of Mike. <laughs> Is that the unpop? No. Uh, you will have the injections. Uh, they'll be mandatory. The uh, passports will be mandatory. And the only way to stop it is the church getting involved and getting their 
spiritual spinal implants and consecrating uh, Russia to the Immaculate Heart. Outside of that, we're hosed. Okay, Steve says we're hosed. Unpopular opinion from Steve. Uh, let's move to Ryan. I think Brother's going to abstain this week because we can only put four out on Twitter, and I abstained last week. Uh, so let's move to Ryan. We'll do mine, and then Michael Hitchborn. Abstaining on a Friday. How schismatic of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to recycle an older unpopular opinion because I actually didn't prepare one. So I gave this, now Now that we've given the rules again, maybe this one will get more traction because it, especially in trad circles, it should. Um, so I think in general, there's a, there's an over hyper, what's the right term? Um, just like uptightness, ridiculousness surrounding what should really be a simple issue. Women nursing, women being able to nurse uh, their babies in public. So people freak out about it. People go to complain to the priest. You got to lock them away in another room somewhere or what have you. And really, in our culture, women should, <laughs> women should be able to just, just breastfeed at need. Shouldn't have to cover up. Nobody should care. Now, because we live in a perverted, ridiculous society, women, unfortunately, have to do a little bit of covering up. But at least but the way it should work, the way it should normally be, is that you know women should just be able to stop and nurse their baby and it should be completely normal and nobody should care or give a second glance if we were a virtuous society we could do that nobody would really care about it on the other hand you do see some women that are um you know super like oh i'm gonna go to the store now and have the baby here and just have everything out to nurse and then to pick up you know some some food product over here and yeah that's that's kind of the opposite extreme of the of the, the ultra Puritan extreme. So where, where it's just all out there, there's no dignity to it. Cause the whole point of it is to have that absolute concentration on the baby and the baby has, um, what is it? Uh, it's like literally eyesight of, of a young baby is a newborn baby. And within a couple months, it's limit of eyesight is actually its mother's face when it's nursing. So, I mean, that, that should just be a normative thing that should happen. And if you got a problem with the woman sitting there nursing, if that turns you on, you've got the problem. Okay, done. Send your hate mail. <laughs> this way, I, li- I like hate mail. All right, Ryan Grant, when he thinks of breasts, he thinks of eating. Um, <laughs> good job, Ryan. I will give my unpopular opinion, and then we'll move done. over to <laughs> Michael Hitchmore. Okay, mine actually also is uh, in the same vein as Ryan's. Um, this is an oldie, but a goodie. Got me in uh, some Twitter hot water about a year ago, almost to the day. I think shorts are for little boys. If you're a man, if you're a grown man, you shouldn't wear shorts anymore. And if you do, you'll eventually become a post-trad because it is a symbol that you are more anchored to the worldly comforts and the conveniences of modern life than than to the one true faith. And uh, you have an abhorrence of suffering. And you have no uh, true regard for the dignity of your state. If you're a father and a protector and you're walking around in cargo shorts, I'm sorry, it's not trad. It's not befitting your dignity. It is an affront to, 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 to charity. I don't want to see your calves. I don't need to see your calves. Um, and your children don't need to see your calves. We can do better. Men, we can do better. We talk about women modesty all the time, but we rarely talk about modesty with men. And this is just one of those things. If you wear cargo shorts, I don't care if you live in Arizona. 
I don't care if you live in Florida. I've lived in the hottest places. I've served in Iraq in the summertime when it was 120 degrees outside. I didn't get to wear shorts. All right. Uh, so don't come at me with all your uh, all your hate. Well, actually, you can. I don't care. You can bring all the hate you want. But shorts are for little boys, and that's it. And if you wear shorts as a man, you haven't grown up yet. You are a little boy, and eventually you'll become a post-trad and an enemy of the rundown. So it just is what it is. Michael Hitchborn. We're, we're turning into Hollywood right now with redoing our old stuff. <laughs> Everyone's bringing their best takes. Well, sequels. Sequels. Hitchborn's going to give his unpopular, and then we're going to go to the Grifter yeah. segment. Hitchborn. Well, I got to go change first. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to come up with an unpopular opinion because everything that I say is popular. Um, hmm. Well, I guess uh, if I were to have an unpopular opinion – uh, it would have to be something about, uh, I don't know, the the Vatican is being used as a tool of the new world. Oh, wait, no, that's popular. Um, hmm. Uh, Blue is in this year? <laughs> hey, all right. There it is. I have a feel. I, I think I know. I think I think I know which way this is going to go. Brother Martin will put out the poll on Twitter. You can vote on Twitter. You can follow Brother Martin. You can see his handle there, and uh, he's going to tag the four unpopular opinions. I have a feeling I know who's going to win this week. Time for the Grifter segment. Uh, in the Grifter segment, uh, everyone talks about the projects that they're working on, th- causes that they would like you to support, how to find them on the various socials, etc. And then we end with a funny video, which I have one that's a doozy. So if you're still watching, suffer through the Grifter segment because it'll be worth it. Ryan, what's up with Mediatrix Press this week? Okay, uh, this week. You know, week to week's not a good measurement because we're always producing something. But it's just... Not always ready every week. Um, I don't have anything new just yet. I'm uh, busy working hard on uh, San Alfonso's Moral Theology Volume 3. Everyone's been asking for that. Um, it, it, and I've been back into it for about three weeks now. It's miserable because it's all on contracts, benefices, um, you know, old, outdated common law things, and he spends a lot of time on it. So once I get over that hump, and I'll admit, it's boring. It's interesting from a historical perspective, but it's also boring. When we get to some of the finer points of restitution, and then, of course, usury, then it gets a lot more interesting. That's going to be the bulk of the work once um, it's like the, the last half. That's the bulk of it. So um, so anyway, so that should be out. I'm not going to give a date because whenever I give a date, I always you know go past it by months and months. So but the goal is still in the summer, and I still, if I can uh, just get a few more things you know, done and move a little quicker, um, I will have uh, sections to my editor mid-July, and I should have a book out uh, following that, about uh, three, four weeks after that, hopefully. So, um, you know, if you have donated to the to the various projects we have in Media Express, like the St. Alphonsus Project, thank you. Um, I, I'm, I'm slow in getting back to that stuff because I don't see the emails until a little bit later. Uh, if uh, you haven't donated, uh, that was welcome. But donate your prayers to give you the perseverance to get over this hump of uh, the really annoying stuff. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's all I got. Um, Steve Cunningham says this Fidelium. What's up with you? So I don't have anything for me, but uh, I like helping the small businesses out. We were uh, uh, out in Denver telling anybody that has like a small Catholic business, hit me up. 
we'll promote you, put a link underneath anything. So if you go to the show notes of any of the videos, you have the drop down box, which a lot of people don't know exists. It's got show more, click it, boom, everything goes down. There's about eight different links. Ryan's on their Mediatrix Press, uh, Tumblr House, Tam Books, SF15 Checkout, get 15% off. Here's new one coming out, Plain Talks on Marriage, great book on marriage coming out. Uh, also, cigar companies, a Catholic cigar company, uh, use the promo code FIDE10. It's underneath there. Links are all underneath there. And uh, that's, oh, the philosophy course, the brother of Andre, he's giving 40% off if you use the, uh, my last name. So if you can spell it underneath, there it is, how to spell it right. Type it in the uh, checkout. You get 40% off their entire philosophy course. Links underneath every video, show notes, click it. All right, uh, Brother Martin, I know you've got some stuff to talk about. Where to start, where to start. First of all, thank you for everyone who's participated in our 10 for 10 uh, fundraiser to help us buy a monastery for the Oblates of St. Augustine. Uh, we are now on week eight. I'm a little late uh, getting the winner out for week seven, only because I did a little business trip this past week, in which case we surpassed our goal, original goal of $100,000. Uh, we had to bump it up to $150,000, and within two days of me just bumping it up, we're already at $130,000. Um, so we only have $20,000 $20, to go to meet our second goal, uh, which is wonderful. Thank you guys so much for participating in our fundraiser. Like I said, we're on week eight of 10. Uh, the prize this week is a collection of CDs from the Benedictine Sisters in Gower, Missouri. Uh, they release Gregorian chant CDs and hymns um, of all the different liturgical seasons. And so um, if you haven't donated at all, it's a minimum of $80 this week. But if you've been keeping up week by week, um, again, you, if, if you've donated 70, all you need to do is add another 10 this week uh, and you're good to go. So that's this week, uh, week eight. Also, a big, a big change is that we had an anonymous uh, benefactor who has offered to match anything that we raise above $100,000. So right now we're sitting at one hundred and thirty. dollars We've raised thirty thousand uh, dollars above our original. So, in fact, in reality, we have one hundred and sixty thanks to this generous benefactor. So, anything you donate now is is matched. To help us, um, encourage everyone to to give what they can. Tridentine Brewing has offered to send a twelve pack of sampler beer uh, as a bonus week, in addition to our ten weeks. So, this ten for ten is actually going to go on for eleven weeks. We have a bonus week, and so anybody who donates over five hundred dollars. Um, because we have quite a few who have donated uh, a, lot, a huge, large amounts. Anyone who has donated over $500 to our, our fundraising campaign will be eligible to win a 12-pack uh, of stamp, a, a sampler 12-pack of beer from Tridentine Brewing. And so that's also uh, in addition to our campaign. So thank you guys so much for helping us out. We're doing really well in supporting the Oblates of St. Augustine in a traditional Catholic monastery. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to drink the beer uh, when I'm protecting myself from COVID, but uh, Michael Hitchford, how can we find you on the on the, on, on the internet? So if you go to lepantoin.org, you can see the spelling. Oh, nope, right over here. Uh, spelling <laughs> of Lepanto right over here, L-E-P-A-N-T-O-I-N.org. You can keep up with uh, what we're doing. Sign up for our newsletter because that's where we send out most of our information with regard to our upcoming projects and things that we just accomplished. As you know, I had just come back from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I was taking on the heretical AUSCP. Uh, prior to that, I was up in Newark, New Jersey, holding a rosary rally of reparation against a satanic radio station being 
run and operated by Seton Hall University, which belongs to the Archdiocese of Newark, New Jersey, which means Cardinal Tobin has the authority to shut it down, and he absolutely refuses to. Uh, so we took on uh, that radio station just recently. And uh, in the meantime, we are continu continuing to conduct our investigations into things that are going on in the Vatican, things that are going on in Catholic Relief Services, the Campaign for Human Development, and various other Catholic aid and development agencies around the world. I have a new report about uh, Cord Aid, which is a the, the Catholic Aid and Development Agency being run out of the diet or, or the uh, Bishops Conference of the Netherlands, and uh, suffices to say. They are partnered with Planned Parenthood on a very, very disgusting project. So we'll be issuing a report on that soon. You don't want to miss it. Um, and uh, there you go, lepantoin.org. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, special edition with Michael Hitchborn from the Lepanto Institute. This is The Rundown. Thank you for watching. Subscribe to the channel, like the page, and do all those things. Until next week. Anthony Fauci Your family, feeling so really no lockdowns with free. I have two shotguns in my home, they're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun. Buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy shotgun. Buy a double barrel shotgun. You don't need a flamethrower, and you don't need a tank You don't need an AR-15 to scare those thugs away, no And I don't need a grenade launcher, I don't need an F-15 There's just one thing I need to do, and they'll stay away from me Fire two blasts outside the house Buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun baby You don't need a machine you don't need Shotguns. Buy a double barrel shotgun. Fire two 